Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Probably some of you were expecting my colleague, Matt Bailey. Unfortunately, he had a little hiccup on his way here. So I am stepping in for him. But don't worry, we'll be talking about the same thing, right? Surfing in Portugal. Just kidding. Uh, rocket devices. So I assume if you're here, everybody has rocket devices somewhere in your data center, warehouse, retail shop, etc. Right? Uh, so traditionally, and, and these rugged devices are not new. They have been around for quite some time, right? Uh, the, probably we have seen it more frequently on, on the logistic career side of things with people like the FedEx, UPS, DHLs of the world having this big, ugly machine that is seems to be waterproof. Sometimes you can, you know, if you're lucky enough, you might be able to see one of these employees playing football with it somewhere on the street. And, and, and the device is just almost fail-proof and against anything, right? And they used to have their own operating system eventually about 25 years ago. They started to migrate to Windows CE and Windows Mobile. And things have been pretty stable for almost three decades, right? But uh, most recently, things are changing. So I believe I failed to introduce myself. So my name is Cesar Picasso. I work with VMware as part of the Emerging Products team. That is the team that oversees some of the new product acquisitions that we're trying to bring into the general EUC portfolio, as well as existing products that we're trying to get them to a particular use case that are uh, sensitive to our customers. So in this case, the rugged device management, we know that it lives very close to the operation of most companies, and that is why it, has, it is part of the emerging products portfolio, right? So with that said, going back to, to what I was saying just a second before, uh, the world is changing. So traditionally, these rugged devices had been a very stable environment for the past 20, 25 years with Windows E, Windows Mobile later on in there, you know, and it has a very large install base. Even today, customers are still demanding some of these Windows Mobile, Windows E devices from the manufacturers, and almost manufacturers for, of rugged devices across the board are still shipping these type of devices as customers request. However, there's something key here, and it's that Microsoft is ending life and support for some of these operating systems. However, it's something a little bit funny. There's, there's no one from Microsoft on the crowd, is it? The funny thing about it is that they're ending life of uh, Windows E and Windows Mobile without actually you know, having a new operating system or a new operating platform to come and replace this. For some people in the past, we actually thought that it might be Windows Phone for a while until we realized that Windows Phone lacks the management capability to actually be deployed into the enterprise. So it makes things a little bit, a little bit tricky. So manufacturers getting themselves ahead of the game starting to deploy Android-based rugged devices into the enterprise. And that worked well for a while. However, the early versions of Android, uh, they lack uh, certain management capabilities. So, so manufacturers develop their own. You know, Zebra came up with its MX technology. Uh, Samsung came up with uh, with uh, Fox, with uh, Knox. I'm sorry. And each of the different manufacturers came up with their own capabilities to try to enhance the base Android uh, operating system layer that was installed in there. Uh, however, this uh, proved a little bit tricky, 
as enterprises are deploying these devices, more likely than not, they have a mix of devices and manufacturer across the enterprise, right? And having such a mixture of Androids with different management capability became quite a nightmare to manage, right? So that is probably one of the reasons we started to see a shift inside Google into trying to produce a more homogenic operating system platform for those rugged devices that are going to be deployed for critical operations. And when I say critical operations, it's the kind of stuff that companies cannot live without because it's simply too close to their line of business. It's too close to the business processes that makes money. You know, I can assure you, if you lose email right now for a few hours, or if you lose another one of your applications, yes, it bothers you. Someone's going to get a slap in the hand, but it's probably not going to cause the company to go bankrupt, right? But if that DHL guy on the street is unable to deliver devices, right? Or if that retail operation on the distribution center is unable to get that merchandise out to the shop floor because those devices are down, then we're talking about serious kitchen, right? And an impact, and someone would lose their job on something like that. So we ha Google and, and the manufacturers have to be very careful into deploying an operating system that is stable, right? That, pr that provides all the management capabilities that they need, but at the same time, that is able to work with the existing install base. And it's very critical, it's very complicated because it's difficult to get a Windows, Microsoft, .NET developer to start coding into Android for the for the future, right? So we have a bit of a generational gap in there that can, can cause a little bit of headaches. But I think that's one of the reasons we started to see uh, Google transform and start to produce something that goes more in tune with what customers are demanding. So before it was Android Enterprise, we, we probably knew it as Android for work. However, the product, uh, and I hope there's no one from Google in the crowd because they will probably shoot me, the product was not quite there, right? I mean, it, it was good for some, for some deployment and for white-collar deployment, for things that were not critical operations, it was, it was pretty much perfect. But for things that were closer to critical operation line of business deployments, it was still lacking some management capabilities, right? But things changed. And then Google came up with Android Enterprise, you know, the evolution of Android for work, right? And we finally start to see all the APIs that customers are looking for in order to manage and deploy these devices. You know, what do you need? What, which, which capabilities am I looking for? Well, number one, let's say something that would allow us in an easy way to deploy these devices to multiple geos with as little interaction with the device as possible. Android Enterprise provides that, provides the capability to do low touch enrollment on these devices and provide also alternative enrollment capability on these devices, right? So you can grab one of these devices and they're, they're, you can use NFC bump to enroll all the other devices after you enroll the first one, right? Once the device is enrolled, it would pull everything from the network, Wi-Fi settings, and boom, everything else would just get pushed to the, apply, to the device. If NFC is not an option, well, some of these devices actually have a camera so you're able to read a QR code, and that QR code, again, will push the Wi-Fi settings. And once we're in the network, we're able to enroll that device and get all the additional security management capabilities that we need to carry out our job. So th there is about three or four methods in which Android for Work allows you to enroll devices in an easier way. Right? We also see it as a more uh, homogeneous uh, platform that uh, allows, allows manufacturers to offer something that uh, rugged manufacturers to offer, something that they couldn't offer before, which was a long-term support capability, right? The challenges we had with the previous versions of Android is that it was changing too quickly. 
almost every 18 months, there is new versions, new versions, new versions. And most of the time, things are OK. But from time to time, as those versions change, our applications stop functioning as we expect in them. Or we hit other issues. Or there are new features that our old security policies were not, uh, were not uh, ready to tackle. Right? With Android Enterprise, we get a more homogeneous platform that is not so fragmented. And therefore, we gain the capability to actually enforce our security policies across the board. It also gives manufacturers the advantage to offer these long-term contracts. Because one thing that customers are looking for, or that you are looking for in these deployments, is precisely stability. Right? You want to be able to get this device, and this device must run in a stable manner for the next three, four, five years, or even beyond that. And it's not strange for manufacturers such as Zebra, Honeywell, Cypher Labs of the world to offer customers this additional uh, trust bond, if you like to call it that way, in which they can assure you that they will deliver you the same device with the same capabilities, with the same operating system platform for the next half a decade, right? So on this line of business, when things are working well and you do not need to update things, you can keep it stable, secure, and safe. That is something that you cannot gain when you're trying to deploy consumer devices into a line of business scenario. Because nine, 18 months down the road, right, those devices are simply no longer available. And then all of a sudden, you start to, to, to end up with this mixture of devices across the board. Not to mention that the operating system also starts to fragment. And all of a sudden, your IT team that is dedicated to this critical line of business operation has, has a rainbow of devices, which the rainbow is not the bad part. The problem is that it's a, it's a headache to manage. Because capabilities are different, operating systems are different, capacity of those devices are different. And more likely than not, if you go back with a three-year-old device to a consumer manufacturer and say, hey, I need you to fix it, well, no, throw it away and buy a new one, right? And, uh, and, and it doesn't allow you to have that reliable operation, right? You need that guy on the data center, or I'm, I'm sorry, that guy on the distribution center, or that guy on the field to be able to de deliver their job no matter what, right? So now, the, the advanced, uh, the modern device management capabilities also produces some I APIs that uh, give you this homogeneous ability to, uh, to manage these devices in a simpler way without having to worry about the Android fragmentation part of things, right? Uh, some rugged device manufacturers are getting a little bit ahead of the game because they realize that customers like you have a legacy of Windows devices that have been in the warehouse or have been on the field for quite some time. And it's not easy to have two different platforms operating so close to your line of business. So they are creating devices with, with the correct chipset that today will be al would allow you to deploy this particular device with the legacy Windows operating system. But if tomorrow, should you just make the decision to actually migrate to Android, this same physical hardware will be able to support your Android deployment, right? So you don't have to rip and replace. These devices can actually go with you to the next, to the next step, right? So what is the idea here? What can, what can VMware work with you in order to deliver? Well, the idea is to be able to guarantee you and help you save time and resources as you're deploying these devices with as little low touch enrollment as possible to give you your capabilities so that you can protect the corporate data on those devices, make sure that all your policies and all your compliance matters are tightly closed to avoid any data leakage or to prevent um, uh, in bad intentional use of that particular device, and of course to help you manage the application lifecycle. 
right? I mean, one of the most critical things is if we're going to have a line of business operation, we need to make sure that everybody has access to the same app, and if there's a security patch, that that patch is distributed across the board on time so that we can guarantee our operation and that is done in an actually uh, secure manner during a maintenance window, right? So we're able to manage your mission critical applications. We're able to allow you to decide when this application should be deployed, right? And provide you feedback as well with advanced, advanced remote management capabilities so that you can monitor these deployments and get the analytics so that you can answer with confidence to your executives, your CIO, yes, we got that security patch out to 99% of our devices or 100%, why not? Right? And of course, once these users are out on the field, they will need support, they will need assistance. Right? So we are able to bring advanced remote management capabilities that would allow you to support these users regardless of where they are. So at any given time, the help desk can actually connect into one of these devices and look at the very same screen that the user on the field is looking at. Right? So imagine the, the sensation, the backup that, this, that, that these people in the field who are not very technical savvy, right? But they know that with the touch of a button, someone who can fix their problems so that they can carry it out during their job. Because at the end of the day, it's about delivering packages, it's about getting that merchandise out of the data center, it's about being the front face of our customer for our operation, and it's making sure that we keep that money rolling inside inside the enterprise, right? And we can talk about all the benefits that we're able to provide, but uh, at the same time, we, I would like to hear a little bit from you, right? So you guys probably wanted to came in here with the idea of having a more open discussion. We're a small group, so if you want to make some questions, please. Now is the time to do so. Be brave. <laughs> yes, sir. I guess the question is, can we do a migration plan to take those, those legacy Windows devices? Oh legacy, oh, legacy Android devices into Android Enterprise. No. Huh. <laughs> Would it scare you if I say no? <laughs> it, it, is, it is such a, uh, a differential architecture, right? Uh, the legacy Android, unfortunately, was designed with the consumer in mind to compete with iOS, and they had a different mindset at the time of deploying this. Ergo White, back in the day, they didn't have all these advanced security or management capabilities. Android for Work was their first attempt, and finally Android for Enterprise changed the paradigm precisely to thinking more now about what are the enterprise customer needs, right? And these devices, because of that, have to be deployed in a certain way that comply with some of the, of the Google policies or Google requirements in order to enforce the security policies, right? So there is no clear path. It's not, it's not a, an I upgrade the software and that's it. It will pretty much require a re-enrollment of a device. Anyone else? Question, comment? My colleague Matt Bailey finally made it. Matt, would you like to join us? <laughs> Anything you'd like to add? No, no, I think uh, you covered it all pretty well uh, in terms of um, like, so some of the challenges that there are in, I guess, moving any kind of legacy system uh, onto, onto a new platform. Uh, and, and you're right, in, in this space, there's been, I guess, quite a few challenges that have cropped up. You, know, you mentioned the legacy Android. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. 
Is it working yet? Oh, there we go. Um, so yeah, lots of challenges that there's going to be going from kind of something as legacy as Windows C, Windows Mobile to Android, and now from Android to Android Enterprise. Um, that's a lot of change, um, and it's tough for any organization to, certainly in the rugged space where you know we've had 10, 20 years of Windows CE and Windows Mobile, uh, there we go, um, of, um, of stability. Uh, you know, everything works. There, there was no risk. Operating systems didn't change. It was a great place to be. Uh, you know, you could edit the registry, you could pull all that information, and now we've kind of transitioned to this Android way of looking at things, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a different animal. Um, things are done in a different way, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of change um, that's happened it, it, quite over a small space of time, really. Um, so yeah. I think uh, one of the biggest challenges, going back to, to what you were saying, is precisely enterprises will need to be ready to adapt when the change comes, right? And you might not have a, an internal detonator yet, right? But eventually, those legacy devices either will not be able to comply with new security uh, policies, right? And it will force you to upgrade, basically, into a more robust, secure platform. Or they will no longer have the capabilities that you're seeking to take your operation to the next level, right? So I, I guess there could be two approaches. You can wait for the, for the bomb to tick, or we can start working with you, helping you explore Android Enterprise, testing the things you need, perhaps uh, in, a, in a pilot environment where you, things are more under control, so that you can be prepared for the future. So when that, that detonator comes in, you're ready to move over into, uh, into something like Android Enterprise. And just, just to add to that, Caesar, obviously Android Enterprise really has opened the door to do so much more with these devices. Like I said, the Windows C, Windows Mobile devices of, of, of days gone by, they were there to do one thing, single application generally. Android Enterprise, when I'm speaking to retailers, transport logistics, manufacturing companies, these now devices are doing, they've got like five, ten applications, and that's growing all the time. People are looking at this as an opportunity to, to make more uh, to make more use of these expensive devices in, in this space. Um, so that's the trend that I'm seeing. Um, and like I said, it's nothing to be scared of. It's certainly, when you start the conversation, all of a sudden you're going to get kind of requests for, can we do this, can we do that, can we get to Office 365? And all of these things are, are really possible uh, with some of the things that we have, like check-in, check-out of these devices. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess you touched on an important point, and it's, it's a change that we're seeing is, um, you know, the, the, the old legacy devices, they sometimes didn't have a user attached to them, right? And, and the, 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 the old Windows platform didn't really allow too much in what respect to changing users in that particular device and to spec a different experience on that particular device. On the Android side of things, things like check-in, check-out allows you to transform that device for multiple users with the, with the flip of a finger, simply with the authentication of that particular user, right? Also, Android is becoming more versatile, and there are devices that are running Android, but can adapt for any particular situation. So we see, we see a lot of these as, as small computing devices that are running Android, and sometimes they are used for digital signage, you know? So you don't have to go and replace all the screens that you have on a, on a uh, consumer space. You only need a, a small box that costs a, couple, uh, costs a couple hundred bucks running Android that you can manage, right? And you can provide digital signage into there, push your updates of contents, and make sure that the device is locked secure enough so that if someone is to 
take uh, access to it, they will not be able to, to tamper with that content that resides on that device. And then the applications vary from if the device belongs to a, to a consumer and he, or to a user and he's actually trying to use it for work, you can still leverage Android Enterprise, right? Or if the device is company-owned and then it's being assigned to the employee for a particular functionality, then you can even take it to the next level because since the device belongs to the company, you can dictate every single aspect of what happens on that device. Right? So on the, if it is a personal device, fine, we'll enable it. It will be a personal device enabled for the enterprise, and we'll have uh, enterprise applications there, but the user will maintain its personal space. Right? Should the user leave the company, you will remove the enterprise part of that device, but the user will, will get to keep his personal photos you know, and everything else. If it was a, 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 a corporate device that was enabled for personal use, you know, that device belonged to the company. So at any given time, you have full control as to what you want to do with it. Yes, sir. Does it also support multi-user? I can think when you work at the DHL and you have no personal share it with other uh, you mean uh, using a, a, a rugged device for personal use or you mean using a rugged device for multiple users I guess the the check-in check-out capability will come handy in a scenario like that, right? Yeah, it is. And and what we've seen as well for companies that have kind of embraced this is that once you give a device to a user and they have to kind of log into it, you know, we know who's got what device. Um, and the thing that we see is, that, like I said, these devices are really expensive, and sometimes people leave them on top of forklift trucks and they go all off all over the place. And um, once a user kind of knows that we know who has that device, they actually take far more care over that device um, than if it was um, just picking up a device from you know, a bunch of pool devices. Um, so you actually, um, you know, we've got the statistics that say that once you're using kind of things like check-in, check-out, yes, the user experience improves because you can then, like I said, give that user needs that app and that user, that's a manager so they get different apps. Um, but like I said, also the, you know, the devices are, are, are more looked after uh, because people know that um, yeah, if they go and splash the screen, they can't just kind of sneakily go and put it back in the pool and pretend that it never happened. Um, we actually know who had that device last. Uh, and if, and if, they, uh, you know, if they did that, then you, know, they can, you, know, you can then do something with that. So. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I guess just to compliment, uh, some of these features still need a little bit of work on, on, on the Google side, right? And, and in this particular case, for example, although the device uh, enterprise information from one user is practically removed when it is checked out, and then when the other user check in, he gets his new profile and new application pushed onto the device. It's, it's not the ideal solution for everybody, because if this device happened to be used in a remote location where uh, bandwidth is, uh, is something of limited, and the applications or the content that you're using is somehow heavy or, or, or has a high demand for bandwidth, it could become troublesome, especially if 100 devices go and check in and check out you know, at the end of the shift and the beginning of the next shift, right? So, so you have to be a little bit careful. So it, it's, it's something that we will need to analyze together, and then perhaps we can choose what the best scenario is, right? In some of these cases, perhaps the authentication can be taken directly to the app. In other cases, perhaps you do not need it at that level, right? And you can have a, a device that is created for a specific purpose. 
Yeah, it's a great point that, you, I mean, data is, you've got to be so careful with data. And yeah, the initial thing that we have conversations around is that, yeah, you're doing a check-in, check-out, and then the next user picks it up. Well, can user A see user B's data? Obviously, that's a big problem. Um, and so, yeah, when it comes to kind of, then we start talking about app management as to how we can obviously help with that situation. You know, we have our, obviously our SDK. Obviously, our SDK knows if, you know, that check-in, check-out process has happened. So if you're building these apps yourself or you've got a third party developing for them, then obviously you can use our SDK to be able to control that switching of users. Obviously, public apps, is more complicated, as Caesar mentioned, um, because you know these apps are coming from the Play Store, you know, and uh, you know app caching um, has come in uh, as of Android P. Um, so obviously Google have kind of got an answer for this, but it's only just coming into kind of the Android enterprise space to how we can actually handle um, kind of kind of caching and get rid of all this kind of user data. So right now, um, the general kind of process is that the only way we can 100% guarantee for a public app, uh, you know, when you're going from user A to user B, is to remove that application. Um, and then when the next user logs in, it comes down again. And of course, you know, if this app is 50 meg and you've got 100 users doing this, you know, that's going to put a huge strain on any kind of network. Um, so like I said, Google have some answers for this um, that they'll be announcing, I think, uh, in half one as to how they can see this solution working. Obviously, we're working with them to try and improve things. Um, and like I said, when Android P starts to become uh, obviously more commonplace, um, certainly in the rugged space and the consumer space, um, yeah, it should make it a lot easier as well to, to be able to control that you know, handling of, of that data. Um, yeah, good, uh, good point, uh, Matt. You know, uh, uh, Windows E got to the point it got, or Windows Mobile got to the point of what it got after years and years and over two decades of use and fine tuning and adapting and evolving with the customer requirements, right? So Android Enterprise, is, it's ready to be deployed, but we would love to hear your feedback, right? So if you're piloting, testing it, or you're trying to, to check it out to see if it is the right platform for the, for the uh, deployment that you're trying to carry out, we would love to hear that feedback. And if there is something that doesn't quite work for you, and we see it, as a, as a particular nick of a rugged line of business deployment, right? We'll be more than happy to work with you together and relay that that to Google, and and and, ho and hopefully they can, you know, fine tune the product so that that is the uh, is the next Windows, see Windows Mobile of the future. <laughs> yeah, we have a really good close relationship with Google, um, you know, as, as you can probably imagine. Um, so yeah, so we, we, you know, as Android Enterprise has been built since 2015 when it was Android for Work, uh, you know, we've worked with them and we've told them what works and what doesn't work um, along the way. So uh, yeah, it's kind of we've helped each other kind of build this Android enterprise way. And you know, if you look at Android P, uh, when that was released, there's like 10 more APIs that are now possible to configure things. And of course, that's going to continue. Um, you know, this isn't you know Android enterprise is done and just take it or leave it. Um, it's going to continue to evolve and change um, every time that dessert, new dessert release comes out. So uh, interesting times. Yep. We have time for one more question. Don't be shy. <laughs> All right, well, if that's the case, thank you very much for joining us today. So again, my name is Cesar Picasso, and this is my colleague, Matt Bailey. And uh, we'll be around. If you guys have more questions, we'll be more than happy to have a one-on-one -on -one with you. Thank you.